Welcome back. This is going to be episode number 24 of the Tip of the Spear Leadership Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. This is a guy I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time. Uh, you know, we got connected through LinkedIn and uh, we clicked. Uh, you know, we're on the same page with a lot of things. And, um, you know, this is going to be a good one. And I'm very excited for this one. Very honored to welcome today's guest, Dr. Johnny Torgerson. He's the Assistant Fire Chief of Operations and for Barstow. Barstow Fire Department, Federal Fire Department, excuse me, butchered that. Um, and today we're going to talk about the illusion of leadership. So, Chief, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Um, and, and you nailed it, man. We, uh, um, we, hit it, we hit it off right off the bat, man. And, and really it's because uh, we have a commonality, and that is uh, leadership. Um, leadership affects everything in our world, and uh, anybody who loves people, um, loves to loves to lead really and so um because we have that um passion and we uh um you know it was it wasn't too hard for us to have a mutual you know understanding and um develop a bond quickly sure yeah and the click was was something that i think anyone can relate to because there's people in your lives that you can come you come into you know the, a new relationship or uh assignment at work right you click, you think you're good and you think, you know, everything's going to work out. And, uh, as we yeah. talked before, before off camera, before, uh, not off camera, before, uh, recording, what you learn is that there's a big difference in the way things were and the way the things are now and, and the illusion yeah. can be there. So let's talk about the illusion of leadership a little bit, what we talked about yeah. before and, and I'll let, I'll let you, uh, you have the stage floor is yours, sir. Yeah. So, um, uh, illusion of leadership. So really what it comes down to is, uh, in our mind, we feel that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times that we have things figured out and, and how that really works is we just reflect on, uh, past experiences, um, wins and losses of the past. And, um, you also, uh, you come into situations where you have established relationships. And so this is no different in the fire service. Uh, really, when we look at the promotion from, you know, from a firefighter to maybe a, a lieutenant or driver operator, whatever your department calls it, engineer, um, you know, that's uh, a, a, a junior rank in the fire service, uh, or it might be into a captain position, a BC, you name it. Um, as you advance into uh, another leadership role. And I mean that in the noun, not the verb, because there's, there's a difference between the two, as you know, Mike, um, as we advance into those things, we, um, uh, we can fall into an illusion. And, and I was, I was no different, um, uh, especially going into the, the captain role, the red helmet role, or if you're in LA County, you know, the, the orange helmet role. Uh, and that is uh, under a false pretense. And that false pretense is, hey, in the past, uh, I did really good as a leader, right? Um, where uh, you may have had success in the past uh, with other teams and, you know, um, you really took care of your people and your people thrived because of you. Um, and to include, you know, this, this new team that you have, maybe you already have some established relationships on it and they're good relationships. And so you, you know, you add those things together and it gives you a, um, a picture in your mind of, of how things are going to work. Right. 
have you experienced that before, Mike? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. And, and I think the best example I have is um, going from one assignment to another. So what mm-hmm. I was, what I was talking, what I, my, yeah, excuse me, what comes to mind first was when I went from, we have to, so we have to be medics to promote. So I had to go be, mm-hmm. you know, go to medic school, all that, write a medic unit. And I had the, I saw the rapport in the way that my officer interacted with us and how we interacted with each other. And we had a group text, we were laughing and joking. We did all this stuff yep. and I get promoted. Right. I go to, I go to uh, officer candidate school. I go there for two weeks then I get put out in the field and I go to my first crew and I think, well, we acted like this over mm-hmm. here and I'm going to act like this over there. And I also had the, the, the uh, illusion of they're going to listen to me cause I'm the officer. And I was sadly right. mistaken. And what I learned is, you know, none of that, just is a fluid transition as in, you know, it's not like the, now the example is escaping me, but basically kind of like a Kindle, how you can go from reading the book to listening to the book back to reading it again. You have that transition where you can do that. It's not the same way you're, you are starting back at square one. Hopefully you'll have a clean slate. Hopefully that's not always the case, but either way um, you're stepping into a new role where you have to reestablish trust you have to reestablish rapport. You are now, depending on the situation, even if you're an officer, you're going to be the new guy again. So now you have to show that you're dependable, you're relatable, you're reliable. Um, you, they have to learn to trust you. And as I've said on this show thousands of times and in the times that you and I have talked, I've probably said it 20 times as well, is you know, trust and chemistry take time and you can't rush it. It's just like experience. You can't get it without having it. and you know, it, it's all over time. And here's the other thing that I learned too is it'll be here before you know it. So don't mm-hmm. force it. It's just like mm-hmm. any relationship, right? If you go in there guns blazing trying to it, – it's that it's almost the, the, the human element of leadership. And I think we actually talked about that a little bit too before. But it, it's, it's the human side. I mean at the end of the day, yeah. at the end – at the end of the day, we're just human beings, right? So mm-hmm. it, if you understand the psychology and the, the, the humanity – of people and what you're doing, I think you can be successful because ultimately that's what they really want. They want you to know what you're doing. They want you to make a decision. They want you to lead by example. They want you to have the balls to make a decision and they want you to be, I don't want to say courageous, but they want you to, you know, you're always the reliable one. That's going to know what to do. You're, you're going to be the first one to go through the door that they want that because they, they, they need that as human beings. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, it, I like it, Mike. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, 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 it's good. It's good discussion, man. Uh, what I would, um, just add to that thought and kind of, um, put it in a tighter package for this illusion is, there's, and I, I think this is what you're saying is there's a, there's a reset button, right? And, and the reason why there's a reset button is because the, the rules have changed now. Um, uh, they don't look at you as, you know, firefighter nasty anymore. Right. Um, or if you are a captain, you know, and get promoted to the BC, uh, you don't look at, uh, they don't look at you as captain nasty anymore. Now you're, now you're a supervisor, right? And so um, that changes the rules of the game. Um, And so 
I think that's um, where we can have an illusion that we're just not privy um, or we can't see that these rules have changed. And it's anytime you change these rules, you change a relationship. And leadership is all about relationships. That is it. Um, and in a nutshell, it's it's part of the ship family, right? Um, so yeah. leadership yeah. is is relationships. And so because we're we are now needing to reinvent our real relationships, it doesn't make you a good leader. And so um, all that stuff has to be re-earned. And so that's the illusion is you can have amazing leadership skills. You can um, have all the greatest intentions in the world and come into your new promotion and feel like you're already a good leader and your team is going to expect you to be, maybe not expect, but there's going to be uh, an understanding um, that uh, you're going to be a good leader. Um, and that's just not how it works, though. That That is, it's farthest from the truth. And so that's just sure. something I had to learn the hard way. And I think a lot of fire officers learn the hard way is, you know, bringing these past experiences with them. And then um, already deciding in their mind, like, hey, I'm a good leader. In fact, uh, I, I, let me ask you this, Mike, have you ever ran into somebody that, um, didn't think they're a leader, and this is a two-part question, or have you run into somebody that didn't think they were a bad leader or thought they were a bad leader? I, I guess what I'm saying at is if you, if, if all the interactions you've had with captains and, and battalion chiefs and, and you name it, whatever rank, have you ran into somebody that didn't think they were a leader or thought they were a bad leader? Um, the bad leader part, I don't think anybody's ever really verbally said it. I, I think it's another one of those things where you get that human element where you can kind of understand, like they kind of know they're not meeting the mark. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. know how to explain that. I really how to put that into words, but like, you know, through your interactions with them, they can kind of tell you, or you can tell they're sizing you up to see if you like them. I don't know. If, I don't know if that makes sense, sure. but like, you can tell they're kind of overdoing it a little bit. And I know that mm -hmm. because I used to do that for people because I was worried if they liked me before right. I realized I, I just don't care if people like me anymore because I can't control it. All I can do mm -hmm. is work hard and then hopefully my actions speak for themselves and the, and the right people will still be around. And the ones that are not the right people to be with you and around you, they'll, they'll eventually find their way out. Um, but yeah. as far as people that are leaders that don't realize it, yes. And I think the people that lead, they command others to follow them through their actions mm -hmm. they're consistent um they're consistent uh I'm trying to think how to say this they're consistently showing people reasons to follow them whether it's through you know displays of intellect um obviously always going to be reliability relatability all, all those big buzzwords they're always going to do that but i think you know they don't it's and i see that with like some senior firefighters like they may not be able to see it, but when they start talking, everyone listens. Or what you'll see is guys will start going to that one person saying, you know, hey, man, I got this issue. What do you think about this? Not that it's a bad thing that they're not coming to you as the officer or they're not going to the battalion chief or they're not going to this guy. It doesn't matter. Certain people, I think, just command that by their actions. They don't demand it by saying, hey, I'm a captain. You need to follow me. No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, you know, I think through actions over time, trust, consistency, relatability, and you're dependable. 
I think that's where you're going to see the people that are just doing it. Cause that's just who they are. Naturally, they're going to naturally mm-hmm. have people follow them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the reason why I asked you that question, Mike, is because uh, what I've seen uh, is, uh, and, and not even just seen, experienced, um, and that is where we think um, uh, basically that, you know, or where, to your point, where people are seeing they've made mistakes, they typically don't blame it on their leadership ability. What they blame it on is, oh, well, that person just has a bad attitude. Yeah. Or, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they they blame it on, you know, well, you know, whatever, maybe, um, you know, Hey, uh, doesn't matter what, and and not to use your own words against you, Mike, but that's a slippery slope too, right? We're like, well, I don't care what this person thinks, you know, I'm here to do a job type of thing. And I, that's not what you were saying, but I'm just saying that's a a mentality that you can have, right. Um, where uh, we can excuse our bad leadership and it's just, it's done all the time. And so you rarely, not you, but I have rarely ran across people have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a bad leader. No, it, it's, it, there's blame shifting that happens. It's, it's rarely your leadership experience sure. um, or ability. It, it's, it's typically, you know, uh, there's an external cause to why you are failing as a leader. And so um, once again, though, and the reason why this is important is that it's an illusion. It's an illusion. And in mind, uh, and what I would say and what I would add to our original thought is all it is is an extension of the original illusion. Um, uh, And so really what it comes down to is, and and you said, we talked about this, you know, off air, but, you know, that self-awareness and having that social intelligence, emotional intelligence to understand that um, you are starting all over. And when when you when you can understand that you're starting all over, uh, or even and and I'll tell you in my case as a captain, I, I and you brought up this point. I wasn't even starting with a blank slate. Um, I was I was starting in the negative. I had negative relationship equity, meaning I was over withdrawn in the bank. And yeah. all right, now it's time to be a captain. Um, with the illusion that I was already a good leader, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing that, hey, this is a whole new group of people that I need to lead. And mm. I need to, and you and you hit on this earlier. I need to build trust with that. I need to build relationships with that. I need to to prove that I can make decisions and lead them in extreme environments. And so um, so yeah, and so. So working through that as a leader, um, uh, especially when you are already under an illusion that you're a good leader, um, it means that you don't have to prove anything to anybody because in your mind, right, um, you're already there. You're already a good leader and it's other people that just don't get it. And so it's it's something that the fire service deals with every day with um, red helmets and white helmets. Yeah, you know, and that's the the thing. And, And just to clarify a little bit, um, you were talking about people say, thinking those things, but those things not actually being true, right? Oh, I'm good. I, I, I got this. Well, no, you're not. It's okay that you're not. Mm-hmm. However, you need to be able to have that aha moment. And that's definitely something I've talked about in the past um, that I had. I had that aha moment where I thought I was, like I said a few minutes ago, sharp. I was ready to go. And I wasn't. And, and I learned a lot of hard lessons. And to kind of piggyback a little bit off what you said earlier about um, – you know, things change and, and what you're doing changes and it's going to take time to build is, um, 
and this is something I hear a lot where people are like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's a company man now. Well, the other thing that people need to realize and human nature, I, I don't really think they're going to understand it until they're in the shoes of a supervisor or, a, or an officer is your responsibilities change, right? When I was a firefighter, it didn't really matter what you did. I don't really care what you do. You, you do your thing. I do my thing. You do something dumb. That's yep. on you, not me. Well, now I'm accountable for your actions. So if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing or that you're doing something away, you're not supposed to be doing it or you're, we're as a crew, as a whole, or heading down a direction we're not supposed to, and I need to right this ship. I'm probably not the problem. I'm not forgetting where I came from. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. I'm holding you accountable to the department's mission, their standards. You, you know what I mean? And, and that's where I yep. think you see people, where you see those people that get that rapport of, well, I'm just not going to listen to them because. I mean, you, you've seen this. How many slugs have you had been like, well, that chief's terrible. He's blah, 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 blah. And you listen to everything that person's saying, you're like, well, that guy's pretty good. I've dealt yeah. with him quite a bit. And I know mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing. But you always seem to have something negative to say, bad to say. You don't like it. You think it's wrong. But you're not doing anything better yourself or the department. Is he really the problem or is it you? Right. Right. So that's and that's kind of where I'm where I'm what I'm getting at is I hear that a lot with people getting mad with 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 uh, leaders, uh, with officers, with like oh well he's changed he got promoted now he doesn't do this he doesn't do that well that's because he didn't do those things when he was a firefighter and now that they're a, you know they're an officer now they're accountable for those things because your job changes right. your responsibility changes and that's the problem that I had as well like you know there were people that I completely discounted because I thought they were complete slugs and turds. And unfortunately, as an officer, you need to understand that as your responsibility changes, you have to be open-minded more now than ever because you can't just write people off just because you don't like them. You need to validate information. You need to make sure what they're saying is right. And this is the one thing I learned the most. Even the slugs kind of like a broke clock or right twice a day. A broke clock's right twice a day, right? So there right. is, a, in theory, it's going to happen. They're probably going to know what they're talking about at some point, yeah. and that's your job to filter that out, right? Sure. Don't just automatically yeah. discount somebody because you don't like them. Don't automatically yeah. discount somebody because you don't agree with them. Yeah. Take an honest, an honest moment and allow that situation, allow their input or idea or whatever Give it as much give it as much thought as you would if it was somebody that you had a lot of respect for. So the reason why I'm bringing all that up is you're that person at some point because you're the new officer, you're the new chief, you're the new yep. captain, you're the new whatever. So they don't. Yep. You come in, oh hey, we're gonna boom, boom, boom. They're like kind of sizing you up, like uh, what we're gonna do? We're gonna do what? Yeah. Or you know, yeah. Like, you, no, we're not. To, <laughs> no, we're not. So you have to right exactly. Yeah, no, we're not. So, <laughs> Yeah, so you exactly. So that touches on the illusion thing again of, you know, you can't go walk in. I mean, you have to set your non-negotiables. You have to set your standards. You right. have to be in line with what the department needs because ultimately that's your job, right? It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. We hold a standard. They create the standard. Yeah. You should you you as the officer, the leadership should should embody that from your yeah. uniform to your attitude to how you talk, how you carry yourself and all those things and and give them a reason to follow you. And, and give them yeah. a reason to, I don't want to say accept you, but, you know, you, the, some of the, what you were talking about was kind of, 
you're still uh, an officer. So you're going from lieutenant to captain, captain, battalion chief, or you're changing assignments or whatever it is. What I'm getting at is yeah. all your past sins come with you, right? So just like when you're a new officer, everybody remembers everything that you did. So the, all that one big package, everything I just talked about is going to come with you. It's going to slide over. Yeah. And, and you know, that's where you're going to have to, I don't want to say do a self-assessment, but you should probably know what you're walking into because you know your past sins, you know how you used to be, and you know everything you did all the way up to this point. And here's the best part. They do too. And you remember what you can. They remember everything. They know everything. Oh, and here's the best part. They also hear it from yeah. other people, so they may not get the exact truth in reality. So that also clashes oh, sure. with your that clashes with you being able to remember what you want to remember. Because I don't know how you are, but there's some times where I got stuff not thrown in my face, but I've had stuff kind of brought back up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember that. And they're like, yeah, no, no, that's what happened. We know it. This is why. Boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I didn't remember yeah. that correctly. So right. Little bit of a rabbit hole, but um, you know, it, no, it's, it, it's actually important. It's a it's important thing, Mike. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, the um, I, I question for you, and that is when you were hearing um, the negativity from you know firefighters, right? Uh, my question to you: Were you hearing that on your crew or outside of your crew? Both. As much as I don't want to admit right. that, both. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you know where I'm going with that is. Um, uh, the and and here's the thing is you're going to hear it both in the beginning of building a team, right? When you're building a team, like you're going to hear from both because the fact of the matter is you're not a team yet. You haven't established a team culture yet. Um, with, the problem is, is that if that stuff keeps happening, you've been a captain for, uh, with that same crew for the last year, year and a half, right? And that's still coming from outside your crew. Well, I mean, that's on you, right? That's on me when my crew is still having that mentality about other leaders. Um, sure. I didn't do my job right. And so I can tell you um, most of my crew, actually every single one of my crews, my teams that I've ever dealt with started um, with a, a handful of people that had a toxic, they weren't, maybe they weren't toxic people, but they had a toxic mentality about um, leadership, management, whatever, right? It was once that crew is established, right? Once you're not crew, but once your team is established and you have a, a, a team culture um, of positivity and it's a family type environment and it is a, an environment of wanting to be master craftsmen, um, of being professionals, uh, that stuff goes away. And, and where you hear that stuff is outside of the team. Right. And so then it tells you, all right, then that's where you do the, re the reflection. And when I look at bad teams, uh, really, right, what we're looking at is bad leaders. Um, OK, is this a, is this a team that has a, a newer leader? Right. Or is this an established leader? And, and sure. that is how they talk. And um, and all that is is just a reflection of of their captain, because I can tell you right now, after working with a year or two with the same leader, right, you become walking mirrors. And so it's it's really on those captains of why that stuff is still happening. Um, because after a year or two, um, it's stuff it, it organically goes away with the right kind of leader. So. So yeah, yeah. Um, you so can you, also organically ahead, build. I was gonna say, you, organically trust comes in, right? And, and and there's a difference 
with people listening to you, it's, it's personal power versus positional power, right? They're going to listen to you if, if you're an officer and you say, hey, you know, go sweep the floors. They're going to sweep the floors. Or you could say, hey, we, you know, go do whatever. They're going to probably do it. Well, they would, they will do it. But where the positional power versus personal power comes in is, are they doing it because you're the officer? Are they doing it because they respect you? They know how you want things done. They know you have a standard. They know you hold them accountable to a standard and and they want to meet that standard. They want to meet that standard because it's you, right? So, and where that kind of translates into, and which is kind of why everybody's really here is that translates into the fire ground that translates into, um, you know, those, those hairy dangerous situations where, you know, I don't really trust you. I don't like you, but I do what you tell me to do because you're my officer and I can't change that. I can't transfer. You're not transferring. Mm-hmm. You can't get promoted, whatever. And, yeah. you know, I, yeah, you want me to do some of these minuscule things. Well, I've got to get out of jail free car. That's called, hey, look, you want me to go with this fire up here? That does not look safe. X, Y, and Z is why I'm not doing it. Right. You know, I, I've never had somebody pull a ripcord like that on me, but. You know, I've had situations where somebody said like, you know, hey, man, I, I don't know. And I'm like, no, we're good. Just keep pushing. All right. Mm-hmm. And we're good. Or it'll be like, you know, right. I know I know, I can trust Johnny. We've been in, in some shitty spots before. I'm going to follow him. He, if he says we're mm-hmm. good, we're good because I trust you and I respect you. Or yep. float officer Bill is here and I don't know who this guy is and this does not look like a good – hey, look, no, we don't need to do this. So – they're going to want to do things because of you. They know you. Like I said before, I'm talking in circles. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, but um, personal power versus positional power. And, and I think once yeah. you create that interpersonal relationship, because those relationships are different amongst crew members, you know, like the way I get along with one guy is different than the other guy. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make it a bad thing, but everybody typically wants to be on that in circle. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying popular. What I'm saying is the rapport, the the trust, mm-hmm. the chemistry, the the camaraderie that, you know what I mean? And that is all part of um, personal power over positional power. And there's people that just, yeah. they're just not going to be. There's going to be people that you're going to work with on your crew that, you know, you guys get along great and all that, but you just don't have that relationship as you do with some mm-hmm. other people. You know, you could have five people on your yeah. shift or eight on your shift and you may have a good you may be your inner circle maybe three or four people and that's not saying you're creating clicks i'm not saying that at all because you don't want that but that's human nature again right so the point and yeah. they're the manner or the reason excuse me the reason i'm bringing that up is what that plays into is it goes kind of goes back to um you know not forgetting where you came from. So when those people start to understand those things, they're going to come to you. They're going to bring problems to you. They're going to talk to you. And, you know, you said something earlier about hearing things outside of your crew. Mm-hmm. What you want is you want your crew to come to you for everything. Like when I go to work, if I make a mistake or something's not right, I'm going to hear about it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between ball breaking and crushing you over everything, like getting, you know, getting, getting your chops busted like everybody else, you know, you, you go, you go on the kitchen table, you, you're the, the tailboard of the fire truck out when you're hanging out, you're going to get smoked just like everybody else. And, and I mean, yep. I'm sure you're the same way. I love it. But when it's, yep. when it's legit, it may not be the same person. It's usually one person. Someone's going to come to me and they're like, Hey, you know, LT, like we, we, we need to fix this or, Hey, this is going on. And you need that. You want that. And you want to foster that mm-hmm. because that'll keep you honest. 
And the more people mm-hmm. like that, situations you have like that and rapport you have like that in your career, that illusion won't go over your eyes. You won't, what is that? Pulling the wool over your eyes, I think is how you say what that saying is. You won't get that illusion, that yeah. false sense, that false sense of um, confidence because there's, there's been times where I've seen crews carry officers and good officers going into crappy crews. So Bobby Eckerd was on here a couple couple shows ago, and he was talking about that, where the challenge isn't when everybody's super sharp, really good. That I mean, that is a wonderful place to be in, and you know, you all go far together, right? As you know, it mm-hmm. takes a village. But the, yeah. the real testament is when you are a good officer with a good crew, and then you leave that good crew to a crew that is not. Are you able to put them together and get them to the same level as the crew you had before or to a higher level than they were? You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't compare two crews like, you know, B shift is better than a shift, but I'm going from B shift to A shift. Like, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you had B shift at a certain level and through diligence, training, trust, um, respect and all those things. Once those things start going up, your productivity starts going up and they'll be at a much better level than they were before. It's just like weight loss. It's all relative sure. to the person situation, right? So yeah, yeah, that's what I think. And that's why I think, um, you know, you got to create that interpersonal relationship. You have to foster those um, situations. And, and, you know, the guys, you need to let the guys be the guys. You need to let them take care of themselves and do their thing. But you have to build relationships, just like you said before. Yeah, leadership is relationships. Um, Just to add to your point, Mike, um, and you bring up an excellent point about uh, positional power versus personal power. How I've always viewed that is um, there's no such thing as positional power and leadership. Um, uh, the, The influence that's that you gain in leadership isn't based on your rank. As you know, I mean, a lot of people, we're, we're not saying anything that people don't already know. Um, but just to, to clarify your point is when we, when you have that positional power, really what we're talking about is, is managing at that point. You are, you are, you have power based on what you are and not who you are in leadership. You know, that, that power that you have, cause it is, it is power, but it's power that is, um, freely given to you. Um, and that, and that only happens through relationships and you, and you mentioned it, it's the trust. It's, it's all those, it's the consistency. It's your ability to make decisions, all those wonderful things that you mentioned. Um, that's why they give you power freely. Um, versus when you are given a red or white helmet or whatever color your, your department has at a, at a rank, um, that is power that wasn't given to you freely um, by those people. It was power given to you by an organization. And so there is a distinctive difference between where you draw your power. And so when we when we um, talk about these concepts, really what we're talking about is, hey, how do we get to a, a position where uh, people will freely give you power? Um, and, uh, and there are some amazing ways to do that, uh, I think. Um, one, um, uh, something that, uh, I have developed myself and, and, and you're starting to read some of that book, Mike, on, on forging teams sure. is this forging process. And, uh, and you, and you alluded to it in the beginning when we were talking about, you know, um, taking over, you know, teams as, 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 you know, a new captain or in our new rank and, and how that works, because you have to set a standard. And so, uh, what I, 
what I talk about, or at least what I've not talked about, what I've experienced is um, people don't change behaviors, right, without some type of heat and pressure, right, in their lives. It doesn't matter personal life or whatever. There's there's has to be some type of event that's happening that it's creating stress on their life. Sure. And so um, teams work. They're just a, it's just a uh, um, a group of people. Right. And so each of those people are individuals. And so if we look at it from an individual basis, each one of them need to have some type of heat and pressure applied to them for them to even think about changing behaviors. I'm not talking about changing the person because you, we don't. That, that's another illusion of leadership is is we think we can change people and we can't change people. What we can do is change behaviors. Changing people means changing values and only a person can change a value. You can't change values. So um, I digress. So uh, that heat and pressure, what that looks like um, is setting a standard. And and you had mentioned that. And that is, hey, how do we get people to change behaviors? Well, in the fire service and, and many teams, but certainly the fire service is when you are a new captain, there has to be a standard. Um, and that standard has to be raised. And so what that automatically does is it puts pressure and stress on people. And so um, you elevating the standard, though, that's just one part. Like that's the first segment. So actually, let me let me give you all four parts. And that is um, uh, when when uh, you forge a, a piece of cold steel or a material, right, the first thing you have to do is you have to heat it up, right? And when when you heat it up, that makes it malleable, right? Um, it makes it to where, you know, when the blacksmith comes and, you know, starts swinging away, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's typically around 1200 degrees, um, that it can now be formed. And so that's, that's this first step we're talking about is that heating step, right? Um, then the next step, right? Um, that next step is, is molding. And so, uh, those swing of the hammers and, and what I relate to that is what are the changes that we need to make? Because there's a difference between, um, raising a standard because the standards is, is not necessarily making a change. Um, so we raise a standard and then now we need to make changes. Like, so, and when we say making a change, it's all right, what type of changes are these big changes? Well, if they're big changes, then they need to be broken down into tiny little changes. And here's the example is when the blacksmith, um, goes to, you know, swing away and let's say make a horseshoe, I don't know, whatever, fill in the blank. They're not trying to make a horseshoe in one swing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of little swings. And then over time with consistency. knowing consistency, exactly, with knowing the path, showing the path and doing it, right? They eventually get it to where all these little swings add up and now it starts to look like a horseshoe, right? And sure. so that is the molding part of developing your team is you need to, as a leader in the fire service, you have to have a lot of little incremental changes that you're doing because people are resistant to changes. Anyone can tell you what's that? What's that Diddy Mike where they say uh, firefighters um, they don't like how things are, but they also you know don't want to change something like that. They don't. They don't like change, but they also don't like the way things are. 
There you go. There it is, Mike. I knew you'd know. So, um, and so that that's, I mean, everyone knows that thing, right? Um, some people sure. can articulate better such as yourself. Um, sure. but it's, it's the change, right? And so it needs to be, it needs to be something that's palatable for firefighters, just like any other human. And so small changes, right? Just like, um, we do in a forging process. And the next thing, right, is solidifying that change now, right? Because if there's something that I had to learn the hard way, and that is, after a lot of mine came after promotions, but it was solidifying that change and it not taking effect with other captains, with other leaders and on other ships, right? It's like, man, like people Where's the uh, Is that what you're would regress. They, they would just regress to, you know, who they were before I was, you know, their leader. Yeah. And so to me, I always um, took that as like, man, I've, I fail, right? Like, because we're looking for permanent change. I'm not looking for just change while I'm your leader. And what I didn't understand is the power of culture immersion and culture immersion. That is that solidifying um, state that people, teams need to get into. And so when we talk about um, change sticking, what we're really talking about is what they're surrounded by for that stuff to stick. And so uh, I think it was Peter Drucker who said, culture eats strategy for lunch. Um, now he's talking, you know, obviously about competitive advantage, uh, but the the saying is, is universal of just how important culture is. And so when we're talking about developing teams as a new leader, um, it's setting a standard, it's using small incremental changes, it's emerge, um, immersing them in a culture. And then that last step of forging, right? That last step of forging is that continual process improvement. So in the forging process, they call it, you know, like the, the polishing stage where, you know, you're putting on the wooden handles, you're sharpening that the, the blade, whatever you're, you know, you're polishing, making it look nice, bringing some utility to the tool, right? Yeah. And so yeah. for us, that's that continual process improvement. That's the training. That's the continuing to build trust. You're, you're just polishing your team over time. And so that's what it looks like to me, at least, um, as a new officer uh, coming in and, and developing teams. It's, it's going through this process of this forging process. And so wanted yeah. to uh, share that with you in the audience. And uh, I think there's a lot of uh, utility to it. No, and those are some really good examples. And I think I know exactly where, well, I know exactly where you're going with that. And behaviors, I think behaviors with an officer, as an officer, the context requires um, like a a multifaceted approach, I guess would be the best way to say. I took some notes while you were talking Um, Mm -hmm. and it needs to, it needs to encompass uh, the individual and uh, most of all, your organizational aspects. Um, effective officers and effective leadership is often associated with um, inspiring and motivating others to embrace change and adopt new behaviors, right? That's ex- almost exactly mm-hmm. what you talked about. People, firefighters mm-hmm. most often hate the way things are, hate change and hate the way things are. I think I might even be saying that quote wrong. So if anybody's listening out there, please correct me. Like, leave me a <laughs> review or something and just, you know, Tell me that I'm wrong, but, uh, and it's yeah. okay. Set the record straight. Um, yeah, yeah. Set me straight. Set us <laughs> straight. Um, yeah, us. you can, uh, officers and leaders, you can start by setting the compelling vision. Um, you have to clearly articulate 
the reasons behind the need for uh, your behavioral change, your organizational change. And then most of all, the best way to do it would be to um, lead by example. Um, if you want a culture of people to do something a certain way, you need to demonstrate that behavior yourself yep. as the it's officer. molding, yeah. Showcase yeah. And, and, and personify the benefits that come with what you're doing yeah. and what you're leading by example. Exactly. Um, you can provide support and uh, some resources to affiliate, affiliate, facilitate um, the adoption of the new behaviors, making sure like, hey, look, you, you know, I'm going to help you do these things. Mm -hmm. It's really going to work out really well. You're going to really like it. That could be through things like um, training, most of all, um, mm -hmm. coaching. Um, if you have the opportunity to mentor somebody and help them along the way. Um, yeah. You got to recognize the people. And I'm not recognizing and rewarding people, I think, is a weird thing in the fire service, unless it's something that deserves notorious, notorious, you get medals, you get ribbons, you get a letter of accommodation. You know, yeah. where I do this is I always make sure I give a personal written uh, yearly evaluation. So there's not a lot of things I can really do to brag about people I work with except for our year, they're called PPAs, past performance appraisals. And I'll write something, you know, I, I take, I honestly take the time and personally write things out. And then, you know, if they meet the level that I think they should, they know it. If they don't, we talk about it. And then I can help them get, uh, you know, I, I recommend them for, <clears throat> you know, an outstanding. So they'll get uh, three days of leave, which is 24 hours. So, you know, those are the things where you can really affect that change and that personal one-on-one -on -one discussion where it's me and you, there's no one else here. The door's closed. The rank isn't yeah. there. We are talking. I'm going to be respectful to you. I'm going to treat you mm -hmm. with, I'm going to talk to you as, you know, the, the correct way. You need to do the same to me. You got, you got to stay in your lane. I'm cool with being an open discussion, but there, there's, yeah. we need to be professional and act like adults, but no holds bar. Like if, it, if it's me, you need to tell me, you know, you're not doing good, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Tell me. And, and I've had a lot of success with that because I feel like they, when you do it that way, the, the sincerity is there. You know what I mean? And I, and I think sincerity is, is the mo one of the most important things you can do uh, next to compassion. But um, you need to, it is, it is crucial to recognize um, changing behaviors is not going to be overnight. You're not going to, work nope. on Monday, have this really good discussion. It ends really well with the guy. And then Friday come in and you don't think it's going to immediately an aha moment and everything is, you know, rainbows. It's not, that's not the way it works. And it's okay nope. because there's a two way street for that. You know, that's wrong. He knows that it's wrong. He mm -hmm. knows, you know, he knows it's wrong. And now yeah. he's going to see if you're going to hold him accountable. And they're not doing right. that. And I don't think people do that on purpose just to be, you know, a flaw in the system. It's just, it's not easy to change. Like if you're a bad leader, like I was, you're a bad officer. Like I was, you don't change overnight. It's going to take years of hard work. Leadership is not a destination. It's always a journey. It, it, it's always, uh, it's going to have its peaks and its valleys, right? The valleys are going to, yeah. are going to define, define you and, and develop you. And the, and the peaks are going to remind you of, of, of your hard work uh, and how it, how it's moving you forward. Um, and, and that's just part of the way it is. But it's going to require uh, patience, persistence. Um, you have to always have ongoing communication with the people that you are trying to affect change in. Um, 
you want to create a culture where new behaviors are embraced and sustained. So when you, when you have that discussion and everybody's kind of, we're, we're going in the right way, you know, you're, you're like that, that, um, shepherd herding the sheep, you know, that you see everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. You, you need to embrace it. Um, when you continuously learn and you try to grow, you can effectively drive uh, behavioral change and uh, cultivate uh, positive and high-performing uh, teams and, and, and crews. And you're going to see that translation into victory in the firehouse. You're going to see that into victory um, on the fire ground. And most of all, and, and this is something that I take very personally and, I, and I'm very passionate about this part is just as a firehouse and, and people you work with can have an effect on your daily life they will always affect your life outside the firehouse. So you want victory in life. Ultimately, at the end of the day, and this is just me, I've never been to a fire that hasn't gone out, right? They, they all go out. Whether we put them out, they burn to the ground, it doesn't matter. They, they're going to go out. But what you don't always have is a uh, good rapport. And you don't always have people that are um, on the right path. And, and I think our job as, as officers and leaders, you got to love the guys. You got to coach them. And, and most of all, you want them to be a high, high performing human being, because when they're having a good outside light, light victory in life, that's going to come back seven, tenfold into the firehouse. And, um, you know, it's going to pay off there as well. And when you win at life, you're going to win at work, I think. So that, yeah. that was, I had some notes written down. I really wanted to get all those thoughts out and I apologize for yeah. uh, being a long winded, but, uh, no, you know, no, I, no problem. That's fair. It's it's. Uh, I appreciate that. It, it's something that I'm very passionate about, and, and why I think when you really truly care about people, it, it's it's what makes the difference. It drives change in their behaviors. It drives change in who they are outside of the firehouse. Like I said before, and, and those things over time, I think, will create those environments that we're that we're talking about being. Um, hopefully, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, to um, kind of bring full bring that full circle, Mike, because those are a lot of good points. And really, those are a lot of like, I mean, we could really go down the rabbit hole on some of those things that you're, you're talking about, um, having successful appraisals and what that looks like. And um, uh, But what I would like to, to concentrate on is um, just that entire, if we were to take everything that you said in its entirety, that's that's the exact reason why you don't come into a uh, a new team and you're a good leader because all that stuff like you said man that just takes it takes years um to by my estimation if you're doing everything right um to go through the cycle of um all the phases of team development uh it's about a 2 year process um, and, and that's, if you're doing everything right, that's with, you know, COVID-19, not, you know, screwing things up or, you know, huge organizational changes. Like, Hey, we're talking about in pristine conditions, right. Where you don't have, uh, sure. as much of those things to challenge you with. Um, it's, that's just, you know, it's a year and a half to two years for you to develop a team and, then be ratified, right? Because uh, you're not a good leader unless you're ratified by your followers, meaning they're the ones that say you're a good leader. You can't say you're a good leader. And that's the whole point of the leadership illusion is, is that team, right? That you're now in charge of. They're the ones that are saying, hey, I got someone who loves and cares for me, aka ergo, he's a good leader. 
um, or she's a good leader. And so uh, that ratification process takes a while and uh, it's certainly not something that you step into just because you've done it in the past on another team. And that's the point of this conversation. And you want to, you want to allow that to be fostered over time. So you, you talked about a few seconds ago, I forget exactly how you said it, but basically you have to, you, you brought up the ratification part and, and I, I'm sure you're the, you're side of the fire service in, in California is the same way. I feel like everybody's kind of the same everywhere across the country, but I, I feel like no matter where you go in the country, maybe even the world, I don't know. Um, Cause I don't have any military experience of, of any kind. And I'm not saying that I do, but the thing is they'll never come to you and tell you you're doing great. They're never going to come to you and give you accolades. They're never going to do any of that. But if you've been doing this long enough, you can see it. It's palpable. It's palpable when you have it, it's palpable when you've lost it, and it's palpable when you're losing it. Like you can tell. And, and I don't yeah. really, it's very, very, very difficult to get out exactly what I'm trying to say. But the, the point that I'm making is they don't need to tell you you're a good leader because their actions are going to show you you are, right? They're either going to follow you yeah. or they're not. You're going to have the respect or you're not. And, and, and whether you want to admit it or not, you're going to know it. You're going to know if they don't respect you, you will. You're going to know if they do respect you. And, and, and yeah. the thing is, it's, it, it comes in forms of different things. It's going to come in forms of maybe somebody pulls you aside after a call. Hey, man, you know, what the hell is that? Right? You know, I, I think, and Tim Klett said this the best, you know, you accept all the responsibility when things go wrong on the fire ground, you're in, you know, in the firehouse and all that stuff where you really tell if you're a leader or not is if they're honest with you on a tailboard critique after a fire. Um, yeah. you, you know, you, you really, you really, really want to be able to create that environment. And quite frankly, you either have it or you don't, you'll know it. And it's up to you as the individual, it's up to you to acknowledge it because it's not fun when you don't have it. It sucks. I've been in those shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's times where I wander through situations wondering where I stand. And mm -hmm. usually when I start kind of thinking that I'm not really sure something goes on to where, all right, we're good. Or, you know, something comes up and I'll, I'll pull somebody aside. Hey, uh, let me rap at you for a minute. And you kind of get your, mm -hmm. your, you, know, you get your reality and you just, then you, and you fix it. Because what I've learned with that as well is they're going to extend you the opportunity to fix a problem and then they're going to watch you. They're going to remember everything. You, and, I, and I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just like having a kid, right? They're going to remember absolutely everything you said. My kid can't tell me what he did at camp and he'll be home in 20 minutes. He can't tell me what he did at right. camp the entire day, but he can tell me that I told him something last week. <laughs> or he can pick out somebody's yeah. car that he knows. Like, you know what I mean? One of the neighbor's cars, right. he knows, you know, whoever firefighters, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying they're children in any way. The point that I'm making is people don't forget anything. And you need to know that. Mm -hmm. You need to remember that. You need to embrace that. Because I think in good teams, they're going to um, hold you accountable. But in great teams, they're going to tell you. They're going to explain everything to you. Oh, yeah. They're going to call you out immediately. And they're going to do it in, yep. in, a, in, a good, in a good way. Or they're going to do it... Um, in whatever way they see necessary. So as those situations come up, you need, you need to recognize that. But again, 
the, the difficult part about that that palpable respect, that palpable uh, followership, once you create it, like you yeah. create and you foster that, you, it's going to take time to recognize it. Right. So have you ever had, let me ask you this. Have you ever had it where you thought there's this gigantic confrontation and you think, you know, something's going to happen and you thought you ended on this bad note and you walk in and everybody's happy, go lucky or whatever. And you think that there's a problem between you and the other person. And they're like, Hey man, how you doing? And you're like, I don't remember this ending that way. I thought you and I were going to have an issue. So then you pull them aside, you know, Hey man, like X, Y, and Z happened yesterday. I want to talk about, yeah, I mean, I'm over it. I thought we were, you know, I thought we handled it and we're good. Huh. We, you told me what I did was wrong and you know, I, you were right. And, uh, we talked about kind of what you need to fix and I mean, I'm good. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I know I've had that happen yeah. before. And again, they're going to remember everything. They're going to see everything. They're going to forget absolutely yeah. nothing. And, and you know, that just, that, that ties back into that whole team thing of those are things you recognize over time. It's going to take time to recognize those things. Those that those sure. things. Excuse me. So yeah, there's a couple of different thoughts there. Um, one is you know when we talk about uh, having the um, a great performing team, right, where there's trust, um, they're going to take care of your blind spots for you. At least sure. that's what I hear you saying. Is you know every every person has blind spots, but a good team, um, uh, the the leader. Um, the captain, whoever, um, takes care of the blind spots for the team members, um, especially, you know, you brought up coaching. That's, that's, a, that's a huge aspect to coaching, at least that um, I've used as a tool for succession management, right, with guys or gals that want to become officers. Um, part of that is helping them with blind spots. And so um, all you're really doing is you're modeling that stuff. And so when they come to you, it's because you've already shown them the way on that stuff. Um, sure. When uh, um, uh, people are taking accountability of their actions, um, you've already, they can come to you, they trust you because uh, you're already modeling those behaviors. And so what happens, they model those behaviors. And so whatever you're expecting from your team, you better be modeling it. And so uh, that's, it's as simple as that. Now, even though it's a simple concept, it doesn't mean it's um, easy to carry out. Uh, obviously, if it was easy, we'd be having every leader doing that stuff. Um, sure. But, you know, ego gets in the way and, and excuses and, you know, you can name a whole gamut of of reasons why it doesn't happen. Um, be here all day with at that. The end of the day. What's that? Well, so you could be here all day listing reasons, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so yeah. And so, um, what I hear you talking about, Mike, um, is certainly, um, and, and we talk about it is just when I say modeling, it's, you know, what everyone else says, you know, leading by example. Right. And so, um, when we lead by example on that stuff, um, that's what you're going to expect from your team. It's a, it's a mirror effect. Whatever your team is doing, you're looking in a mirror because, you know, uh, after being with any group of people for any extended amount of time, they're going to take on the leaders, personalities, characteristics. You know, they're still obviously they're going to still have indiv their individual, um, you know, uh, characteristics, right? They're, they have their own individuality, but as a as a group, what it starts to look like, right? When you put all those pieces together, it starts to look like you. And sure. so, um, so yeah. And so, if you want a team that is accountable, when you mess up, you hold yourself accountable in front of the team. And um, for me, that's that's never. Um, I can't say never. That is uh, um, 
since I've been in a leadership position, not a hard one for me to uh, to do. And so all my teams re- have reflected that. Um, and so, yeah, and so it's just, that's just kind of how it works. Um, talking, I, I wanted to um, hit you with this, Mike, and it's something sure. that has been on my mind um, that I've been expressing to, to my guys um, as of recently. And it's, it's an epiphany that I've had. And that sure. is... Um, when it comes to running calls on emergencies, that's where we work as a team. Uh, when we're in a training environment, when we're training, right? That's where mm-hmm. we learn as a team. Sure. But all those other times, right? When we're downtime activities or just taking care of details around the station, that's where we become a team. And, um, and so uh, when you're talking about, the reason why I bring that up is you're talking about, hey, they're always watching, right? Well, where, where are they watching you the most? Right. Where are they watching the most? And that is that that downtime, those downtime activities, you know, and so that's where we develop our team. And so um, what I've been expressing to my captains, um, because there's a difference between leading firemen and leading leaders. Right. Uh, What I've been expressing to my captains is be just as intentional as we are on training and what we uh, as an intentional as we are on emergencies, you need to be just as intentional with that downtime activity of what that looks like and how you orchestrate that stuff, because that's where you're developing your team. Um, the other parts, that's where you're working as a team and that's where you're learning as a team. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to pass that along um, because I think it's something that needs to be said and, and um, you know, really shouted across the, throughout the fire services that the intentionality doesn't just end on the training ground and on the emergency sure. incidents, because like you said, they're all, everyone's always watching. It's everything in the firehouse. And if you look at any movie, I mean, I think this is the best way to relate to any sports movie. There always comes a point where they are coming together. Right. So the movie, um, I, I'm, I'm drawing, I shouldn't even bring this up cause I can't remember the exact name of the movie. Kurt Russell was the coach miracle. I think was the name of the movie Miracle. On anyway, the U- United States men's hockey team wins gold at Lake Placid, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah so they're coming from all different walks of life. They're not getting along. There's some interpersonal stuff and all those things, and some you know mm-hmm. issues with coaches and all that. And basically, what, what happened was he made it. He's asking them, you know, who are you? Who do you play for? Well, they're sharing a hardship, right? They're getting smoked after losing a game. And mm-hmm. he said to him, he's like, you know, who are you? Where are you from? And he yelled his name and he plays for USA. So they start coming together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta remember the Titans. You know, I'm not even gonna get into the political side of that, but basically different people, different walks of life, they have to come together in a stressful environment to play a common goal, have a common goal of winning football. You know, if they don't win every game, the coach is out, coach's got all that crap going against him, all that. So they start intermingling and they're not getting along and their shared hardship is when they go to Gettysburg at camp. And the long and short of it is it's that whole scene where they're yelling left side, strong side, all that. But what all that is, is them coming together, that epiphany. Mm -hmm. And as if you notice in both movies, both scenarios, none of them are during game time. They're all intermingling during practice, during training exactly what you're saying and the focus of the movie the focus of the story when you read both books is always outside of the games all of it and it's all the interpersonal stuff so um we're we're hitting that one hour mark i I wanted to use that to kind of tie all this together um so basically basically you know in the firehouse is where you're going to create those 
create those environments where, where you're going to have that allu- that illusion of leadership that you have um, is going to be tested, challenged, and um, ultimately, hopefully shattered. Uh, and by shattered, I mean, you're going to get reality. You're going to get the truth, um, whether it's good or bad. If you're on the right path, it's going to solidify what you're doing and your actions. And it's going to keep you on your path. And if you're not doing the right thing, hopefully you recognize it. And now you can write the ship because it's, it's, it's never too late to change in this, in this environment, this, this world, it really isn't. It's just a matter of seeing a problem and just like anything else, admitting the problem and then fixing it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you could, you could say all everything and anything you want, but if you don't back it up with actions, consistent actions, like we talked about before, and sincere actions, you're not going to go anywhere. It's not going to change. People aren't going to follow you. They won't even follow you in the water. They, they really won't. And, and they're going to see right through you when you're being, when they know you're full of shit. So I think that's the best way to tie that up. Um, did you have anything you wanted to touch on before, before we close out or, or anything uh, we may have missed? Uh, just like to write it, um, like just make it a nice tight little package for everybody um, of the illusion of, of leadership. And, and one, um, is, you know, just what we've done in the past, uh, no matter how successful you are as a leader, when it comes to a new team, right. Um, uh, it doesn't mean you're a good leader. Um, you, you sure. were a good leader, right. But with your new, um, with your new team, uh, you're not a good leader anymore. And so that's, that's an illusion. And then the other aspect of it is you don't get to decide if you're the good leader, it's your team that will decide that for you. And so that's the illusion is we can, um, think we're good leaders, uh, because of, you know, whatever we, you know, use to justify those things, whatever measurements, every individual has their own use to justify those things. Um, it means a hill of beans. Um, so, not using the past as as a way to as a metric for your leadership ability and not using your own metrics is really what it comes down to. It's you got a new team and uh, you have new people. And those are the ones that are going to um, establish if uh, you're a leader or not. You have to create the credibility that I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to is you're reestablishing your credibility and reestablishing your uh, foundation and you build your house from there. You don't start with the roof. You start back over with foundation. So you got it, Chief. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I know you're writing a book, and you got some other things in in the pipeline. So I'll, I'll allow people to go to your uh, LinkedIn for that. Um, if anyone anybody wanted to get a hold of you, are you on social media anywhere? Are you um, you doing any of those things? Where can people get a hold of you if they you know have questions or anything like that? Yeah, um, I'll get, I'll send you the uh, the link to my LinkedIn account. Um, and then, uh, people, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, I don't really do this whole social media thing. Uh, I just use that, uh, networking site of LinkedIn and, and it's been amazing because, you know, meeting like-minded people such as yourself. So, but the book will be coming out in, um, in January, it is being published through fire engineering called, um, forging teams, demystifying, uh, team development in the fire service. Um, I'll also be speaking at uh, Teeks Leadership Development Symposium in uh, January, and we'll be discussing a lot of these forging um, team concepts. And so uh, excited about that. I want to say it's January 8th through 10th. Don't quote me on that, but sometime around that. So if you are in Texas, I know it's free for you if you are a firefighter in Texas. So um, come get some phenomenal training at Teeks Leadership Development Symposium in January, and I'll, and I'll see you there. 
Awesome. Well, so we'll add the links to all of that below. Um, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And don't thank go you, anywhere. Why, absolutely. Don't go anywhere. I close this out. Um, everybody, thank you all for your time. Uh, please, before you go, leave us a like, give us a download, leave us a review. Five stars are our favorite as it helps us grow our community. Everybody, thank you for your yeah, time. Man. Tip of the spirit leadership, be yourself, be unstoppable. Thanks, guys. Be present, be yourself, be unstoppable. Thanks, guys. <laughs>